Yo, I'm coming from that 3-6, so that's why I got them brain spinning. Ain't nobody using blinkers, we ain't good at lane switching. Better get a plane ticket, I ain't flying all you chickens though. Always shoot my shot, better swishing off the pick and roll. Dishing off the give and go, all my squad is driven so you can catch us on the road. Promise we ain't doing shows, so that means if you ain't Welcome to episode 7 of the Peeps and Plaid podcast. I'm Christian Gamaline. I'm talking with my co-host Austin Caphammer, and we're talking about everything that's happened since our last episode. The Blazers played at home against the Celtics, then they went on a six-game road trip, including a back-to-back against the Knicks and the Bucks, then they came back and played against the Clippers. So it's a tough stretch. We knew it was going to be a tough stretch of games. They've now lost five out of their last seven games, so things are looking rough for the Blazers. The West is incredibly deep. The 14th team in the West is only four and a half games behind the first place team, so it's getting crazy. This is a tough stretch. So, Austin, you want to talk about what's happened since our last episode? Absolutely. So, yeah, we we left off kind of, I think our last uh, game that we had covered was on the 8th of November. So, since, like you said, we started with that Boston uh, game, and that was at home. And we ended up taking that one, uh, 194. So, that was definitely a good dub. And that was also the game that Chief hit that really deep three you know, just right at the end. Yeah. So that was that was definitely clutch. I think, although he's kind of been struggling offensively as of late, he had that pretty big big shot right there. Um, kind of crazy. You and I were talking about seedings in the Western Conference. I looked up, you know, just because I had seen a tweet a day or two ago that Boston just really is not where they wanted to be right now this season. And I was like, oh, you know, that's totally true. I looked up the seeding and. They were seventh, and they're ten and ten. Man, I don't think anyone thought that was going to be an issue for them coming into the season. Being ten and ten right now, they were all. The only discussion I heard over the summer was pretty much like how they were going to try to divvy up the minutes between the mass amounts of talent that they have. So I think seventh seed, ten and ten, is not where Brad Stevens and Danny Ainge want to be at all. Yeah, but uh, Tatum had twenty-seven, and then uh, eight boards, and then. Zero assist, so people like to make that Kobe comparison. I think that's pretty fitting with that stat <laughs> line. But, you know, Irving still had 21 and six assists. But four of, the, four of the five Blazers starters were in double digits. So, I mean, that's whenever you have that, that's going to be really helpful for us because as we're going to see in some of these other games that uh, we'll talk about here soon, that's definitely a commonality in some of our losses. But, you know, we had a 28-point lead at the half, and they ended up making it pretty tight down at the end. You know, that was... That was definitely something that uh, we want to work on. You know that that seems to be happening as of late. The comebacks, the late comebacks. We just once we're having good starts, which is kind of not typical the Blazers that we've seen in in seasons past. It's kind of like you know Dame time, and uh, we make our adjustments and whatnot, and you know that even carries over into the season. Some might say, but um, as of late, it seems as though we're just we're just giving up leads. Um, but you know Dame had nineteen, CJ had fourteen, Nurk had. Uh, 18 and Chief had 11 and the bench was definitely still lacking. I know there's been a couple games that we're also going to talk about where they ended up stepping up a couple times, but there were there's a handful of games in in this uh, road trip that we're going to cover that they were still just not there and that was definitely a a key factor in those that early run that we had here to start the season. So that's that's what I saw from that Boston game. Did you see anything else um, mentionable? I think was that the bent rim game as well. Yeah, it's just that was that was just a the last great game that the Blazers have had because it was a close game. It was against the Celtics, but the Blazers were playing well throughout, and it's 
probably the last time we've seen that since then, except for the Wizards game. They played a good game against the Wizards. It was clear that we were going to win that one. But it was also the Wizards at the at the peak of their turmoil. So right. going into the the next game against the Lakers, they the Lakers had picked up Tyson Chandler, and they were on a roll after picking up Tyson Chandler. And I was like, man, we lost the last game. LeBron's amazing. Who Tyson these, Chandler it's like, and JaVale McGee are playing great. Who are these guys? They're getting like JaVale and, like you said, Tyson. Like, ah, if you would have said that to somebody two or three seasons ago, they'd be like, uh, okay, like... JaVale and Tyson Chandler are going to the Lakers in two or three years and going to spark a nice nice little start for them. Like, I don't know if anyone would have said that, but yeah, I'm sorry. Continue. No, that's that, that's all I got. So what are your thoughts on that Lakers game? Well, you know, that was, uh that's so hard to watch. I mean, JaVale is just, I don't know if it was what happened at Golden State or, you know, I saw workout videos even before, so I won't lie. It's like, I'm not going to say he's someone that doesn't appear to work hard because, I've seen plenty of videos in, in off-season, like, docu-series and whatnot where this man is working with some of the better centers and whatnot, as a lot of as a lot of players do. But, um, yeah, anyways, getting back to the game, he just – he had a really good hot start, I think. I think it was really early on in the game that he did well. But, I mean, the real story, the real big headline, obviously, this game was LeBron with the 44 and passing Wilt. Um, that was – that was, you know, that's a historic moment, definitely, and – uh, obviously, I think zero points from Seth Curry and Nick Stauskas. Look, we can't have that. Like, that's that's what people were fearful of this summer, and then kind of dissipated in this early start with with Sauce having the the games that he's had. And not to say that he he hasn't since, but um, we just can't have a zero point combined game from either of them. Um, and then also yeah. also you know Brandon Ingram matchup against C J McCollum. I agree with some of the tweets I saw that night. Stots, I don't know what it was, if it was with him or um, I, I don't know what that was. But Brandon Ingram matched up against CJ. That's just he took definitely took advantage of that matchup. And then, but I mean, Brown had forty four. Even Dame had thirty one. But that's not even going to be on Sports Center because, like I said, Brown had the forty four and you know fifth all time scoring now. So that was that was kind of just uh, it. Really wasn't a blowout. You know, it was only 126 to 117, but can't do much when Braun's making those threes. He was he was definitely yeah he was going he was going strong behind the arc. So yeah, and there was a lot of hate from Blazers Twitter toward ESPN, which I agree with and I expected. Where watching the game on ESPN, it was just nothing but you know bowing down to LeBron. It was oh my gosh, LeBron this, LeBron that. He's passing Wilt now. What's next? And yeah, it was it was pretty over the top with ESPN. So those are the games that you want to watch on uh, CSN Northwest or you know listen on the radio whenever you can. But man, ESPN was just ridiculous, giving no credit to the Blazers, all to LeBron. Uh, but that next game against the Timberwolves. So this is a game where when we were talking about the upcoming road trip, I was talking about how a lot of the teams we had beaten were missing their star players, and I said oh, well, the Timberwolves are definitely going to have Jimmy Butler in this next one. He was injured in the last one, or, or he was resting, actually. Uh, but it turns out they didn't because Jimmy Butler was traded. Yeah, dude, I, I couldn't believe that. My, uh, so my, one of my co- co-workers likes to joke and just always say, hey, man, first thing every morning he'll say, oh, Damian, you hear Damian Lillard got traded to, and then, you know, wherever. Sometimes it's not even an NBA team. But um, 
he, I walk in and that's what he said. He's like, hey, Jimmy Butler, actually, because he said for Jimmy Butler the day before, then he had done it with Jimmy. And so I walked in the third day and he said it, uh, oh, Jimmy just went to the 76ers. And I was like, dude, come on, like, <laughs> this joke's getting old. He's like, no, like, Jimmy, this is actually, Jimmy just went to the 76ers. And I opened up my Twitter and I was like, oh my goodness. So <laughs> that was, you know, I watched, he's, he's had, one thing I'll say about Jimmy is he's had um, the same game winner. Jimmy had the two back-to-back game winners just step back, like, behind the arc, yeah. right in front of the other team's bench, like, filthy. Like So I think I, I guess what I'm trying <laughs> to say is he's going to be – I think he's going to fit in well for them. But I think they've kind of phased out Markel a little bit as a – Markel Fultz as, a, as, oh, yeah. as kind of an option now due to that, that trade. Yeah, Fultz, I mean, they put him on the bench right when Jimmy came out, and now Fultz is seeing doctors. He's out right now because the shoulder's still just giving him problems. It's uh, pretty disappointing to see, but he's there's a good chance he's going to be traded. Apparently, he talked to the team about being traded. So we'll see where Markel Fultz is by the trade deadline. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, but uh, back to that Minnesota game, you know, they were wearing those Prince jerseys, and, you know, I think Kevin Garnett was there. But, you know, the other side of that trade is that Sarich and Covington went to Minnesota and those guys they've been playing great yeah those aren't bad NBA players those those guys are solid Covington had 14 that game against us um and we didn't have we didn't have one player offensively with more than 20 points so you know um that's that's not going to win a game against like most NBA teams you know CJ had 18 Dame had 16 I think and then Nurk had 13 so we're just going to have to get a little bit more buckets. Derrick Rose had 17, so it's going to be interesting to see. You know, this like I like I said this trade doesn't just affect the 76ers, you know, and how they want to implement Markel Fultz. It also affects um you know, the T-Wolves now. So, they're going to have to figure yeah. out, you know, does Derrick Rose get more possessions? Is he really is this is this just kind of a fable or is he really going to be that comeback player? And then, you know, Andrew Wiggins just had a 23-point game, so he was their leading scorer and I mean, so he, and from what I heard, I think it was the recap announcer with TNT saying that he had, he had really improved his three point shooting this season. Um, so yeah, you know, cause he's, I don't know about you, man, but do you remember what they were saying about him when he was coming out of, I, I did he even go to college somewhere? I'm trying to think. Oh yeah. Yeah. He went to Kansas. Oh, and that's they, right. That's right. He was the most hyped player since LeBron. Now that's going to be Zion Williamson and I'm pretty dang stoked for Zion Williamson, but yeah, Andrew Wiggins was the most hyped player since LeBron. That's that was the storyline. Well, you know, I guess my uh, what I was gonna say is stepping up his three point shooting is a start. But man, what uh, what hard, what unrealistic pressures to put on someone coming out. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I I I'm just now starting to kind of call it like follow college basketball. So I, I I don't know. Who knows? Maybe he was really that shocking in in college. But how about that Washington game? Oh, Washington game. Okay, I w- you you got me on college basketball, and then I was thinking of the Apple Cup because <laughs> college and Washington. I was all over the place. That was a good. That, so that Washington that a good game. game we can. I mean, we can talk about that for a little bit. We're not. We're 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 a Pacific Northwest podcast as the well. Apple Cup, man. I was okay. So we got to meet up. We met up because uh, you live down in Arizona, and I live up here. That's right. You were up for Thanksgiving, so we got to meet up. The Apple Cup was on, but I was watching the Blazers game the whole time, and I was crying the whole time. Dude. So I don't know what happened in the Apple Cup. I know UW won, so that's good to see. Yeah, and you know, that's that's kind of rough for all of our WSU 
listeners because actually, yeah, okay. Because they're I they were eight seed. You dub WS, WSU WSU had a shot, dude. They only had one. I think they only had one loss, and then Minshew was you know yeah. he's a legitimate Heisman candidate, and then, you know he I think he still is Heis, a Heisman candidate, but I don't think they're yeah. in contention for college football playoffs any longer. Yeah, I take back what I just said. I. I typically root more for UW just because I've actually been to UW games. I'm not a huge college fan, football or basketball. But yeah, I I hate when teams in the Pac-12 stop each other from being in the college football playoff. Now, I want to see them play hard, and I'm cool with, you know, whoever wins, wins. That's fine. But I'm so dang tired of the SEC. <laughs> wants it they to can be do rigged. no wrong. It does They'll take a two-loss two SEC team over a zero-loss Pac-12 team and it's just ridiculous. Luckily, UW was able to make the playoffs a couple years back, but they went against Alabama. I just, I just want to see Alabama lose. Alabama is the reason why I hate college Dude, football. To it, because we, be, we, we, we better get back. We better get back on track here. But oh, before, be, oof, man, before, getting me heated. Before we do, man, one thing I gotta say is that Tua guy down there in Alabama. He's, I, 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 I want to. I want to say every time an Alabama quarterback does that well or even sometimes they're running backs with those big boys they have up front i want to sometimes say like it's just kind of a system success and obviously they're talented in their own right but that to uh i'm not gonna even gonna try to pronounce his last name but he is he is phenomenal so dude never once in my life have i rooted for alabama and at the end of the national championship last year i saw Tua tagovailoa and I was like, I want this guy to win. And I was rooting for Alabama. And I was like, what am I even doing? But that guy is just phenomenal. It was amazing to watch. Um, so anyway, one last thing with the T-Wolves. Andrew Wiggins. We were talking to Andrew Wiggins. My dad has a deep hatred for Andrew Wiggins in fantasy basketball. This year, he had to, he had to uh, auto-draft. And he ended up with Wiggins, and he was so mad about it. And he Wiggins just went 0 for 12. You were talking about him improving, oh, improving his shooting. He just went 0 for 12. My dad oh, dropped him, so no. I just tried to pick him up. <laughs> wow. Man. I think your dad is killing it in our fantasy league right now, I think. Right? No, he's not. Some, someone, he's, with your uh, last like name, the... someone with your last name is killing it, right? That's like, my it, mom. It, oh, my gosh. Are you kidding me, dude? She's like 5 and 1. She's ick, 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 baby, because oh she's got Nurkic, Doncic, She's a with Jokic. all the itches. She's got all the icks. Oh, Yeah, and she's got gosh. red dick. Oh, I-C-K. Oh, man. Gosh. It's just ridiculous. Wow. She's too good. I'm like, well, I think we're both one in... How many losses do you have? Okay, I, f- I won last week. I beat my dad. I'm like two and four or something. I'm one, two four, and, five, and one. Yeah, so I'm, I'm two and four. Yep. Ugh. I'm not happy with... We're struggling. This is the first time I played fantasy. Really, really played it here in recent years and it's not it hasn't been smooth sailing but anyways back to the washington game right we uh... washington blazers were winning throughout something that was super sketchy is the wizards actually brought it pretty close at the end of the game it was like the oh i'm trying to remember which game this was because there was one game that was kind of the opposite of this but the wizards kept their bench in to the last second and the blazers had I think they had some of their starters in at the end. Yeah, I think they had their starters in at the end of the game, and it got pretty close. And it's like, man, Washington, you want to bring your starters back in because you have a shot right now. And no, they just kept the bench in because things were so tumultuous within <laughs> the Wizards. And that's when they're like, they're gonna trade everyone. It's going down. Right. And then like the next game, Otto Porter dropped twenty nine or something like that. Uh, so 
it was just really crazy to see and i'm like man this is a game i don't know if we should be winning this because it got really close toward the end Uh, but there was another game like that for the blazers and that's that's what i'm trying to think of it might have been with the knicks but it was like the blazers like were keeping their bench in for a long time and it was actually working well it was it was strange it was like they Stotts was going against putting the starters back in for a while. I don't remember which game it was. Hmm. Well, you know, I would just say that, you know, any game that Dame has 40 points, 5 assists, and 6 rebounds, we should we should definitely <laughs> be in. Um, we better win that game. You know, yeah. I mean, it, it, at, least be, at least have it be competitive or, and, and hopefully win that game. And definitely a game where Dame has 40 points and CJ has 25. You know, we, we're going to want to... Yeah. We're going to want to lock that down. But, yeah, Wall had 24. Oubre had 19, I believe. And then Beal only had 12. So I have a theory that Beal is, like, supercharged whenever he comes into the Moda because every time I've watched a Wizards game in the Moda, Beal is just an ice-cold killer. And, like, hmm. CJ CJ just looks helpless. every like, And I don't know if that's – maybe I just haven't watched enough, but in, in recent, like, two to three seasons – when it seems as though Beal always comes in and does something in the Moda, but he only had 12. Um, I believe it's in the Verizon Center in Washington, D.C. I could be wrong. I think that's it. But, yeah, you know, we went 7 for 13 from behind the arc in the first quarter, so that's going to be a nice little head start. It's better to start off and not to play catch-up the whole game, and like you said, they are just melt, imploding. They're imploding, so you definitely want to take, take uh, advantage of, of – teams like that and times like this so but you know yeah so then the blazers went to new york barely won against the knicks they uh the knicks were leading at the half it was pretty dang disappointing to watch uh the blazers do that poorly against the knicks luckily they were able to squeak it out but man that was the first game of a back-to-back against the bucks so going into the bucks game i was like okay this is the second best team in the eastern conference we're probably not going to win this game. It's the second game of a back-to-back. I put my expectations super low, and even with those super low expectations, I was still disappointed by how the Blazers played. But luckily, they were able to beat the Knicks uh, in that game. So, you got any thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, the Knicks game, CJ actually played like we saw him play more so last season with the 31, the 2, and the 4. Not saying that he was averaging that, but you know, you could count on him to get that every three or four games or maybe five or six to get that that 30 piece or more and then dame had a nice 29 so when both of them combined for 60 kind of like the the previous the washington game where you know dame had the 40 and cj had only 25 you know anytime those guys are over 60 where we should have a legitimate shot and um you know myers had 15 which is nice but he only finished with three rebounds so i think that's kind of keeping with the narrative that I had originally misunderstood on social media with uh, Myers not having a block in a while, so I don't know how much he's doing for us on the, doing for us on that end of the floor. So I'll have to. That's going to be something I kind of keep an eye on here in the coming games. Is like how do we operate defensively on the floor with him at this at the center? Because I think we all know how we operate with Nurkic. You know, if we got a fast forward then we might have a little blow by every now and then if we're gonna have zach in then he's gonna have a probably an even more of a propensity to foul but he's also a little bit more mobile um i don't think at least with me i don't really have the best idea of what myers is doing for us defensively so i'm gonna be watching that here in the coming games a little bit more tight 
that's that's kind of my takeaway from that uh, next game. Yeah, and Myers actually had a pretty decent game this last game, so we'll talk more about that in just a minute. But one of my thoughts on the Blazers-Bucks game is I invited my friend over to teach him basketball because he, he says, you know, my friends are into basketball. I watch it, and it's it's kind of entertaining, but I don't really know what's happening. So I was like, yeah, just come over, and I'll teach you everything that's going on in the game, what the fouls are, uh, why they're moving a certain way, all of that. And so I invited him over to do that, and I was like, oh, man, this is not the game you want to be watching for this because oh, it yeah. just quickly went out of hand. Yeah, and, I mean, I'm just – so tired of seeing Giannis on that on that just barely jumping off the ground. You know, there's he can obviously Gian, Giannis has bunnies. He can jump if he needs to jump. But when he's running right under the hoop, that just that really quick, kind of just swinging that arm up and just putting it right. In, like it's 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 just it's so against. It's disheartening. I don't really have any other word for it against like CJ yeah. and um, you know there was one on Mo where I, I thought Mo was really about to get upset where he just had dunked right all on him and was screaming right in his face and Mo was like about to get upset and he just started laughing at him and walked away but man Giannis uh yeah. I can understand why he's on the cover of 2k which I just got for Christmas <laughs> oh yeah nice oh yeah it's already Christmas yeah so it's only a month away absolutely but I mean yeah <laughs> uh, other takeaways from that Bucks game I mean one for I mean I think just if any word I would just reiterate disheartening 143 to 100 yeah, I definitely feel bad for your buddy watching that. But CJ and Dame both had 22, so, you know, not quite that 60-point mark. But, you know, Nurk had 16. Giannis had that 33. Middleton had 21, which, man, we're going to talk more about that with the Clippers discussion, I think, coming up with um, acquisitions and, and, and trades and whatnot. But talk about that guy, Chris Middleton, with that 21. And then... You know, it doesn't hurt when they have this is what I think the Blazers don't have on a on a common night, and it's they have Bledsoe and Brogdon, which I'm sure they don't do this every night, but dropping sixteen each. So I, I just feel like just the yeah. the role players are just so much more reliable on the Bucks this year. So we're just gonna you know, we saw that in the first couple games this season, but we just kinda need to see it more consistently. Yeah. And then the next game was against the Warriors. The Warriors had, I think it was a four-game losing streak, the first one since Steve Kerr has become ha, became their head coach, their first four-game losing streak. So coming into it, the Warriors clearly wanted to win that game. They're still missing Steph and Draymond, but Kevin Durant's an animal, and they were able to beat the Blazers, unfortunately. Yeah, that was that was rough. You know, KD had the 32 and Clay had the 31. So, um, you know, just like when I was just saying with, uh, CJ and CJ and Dame, when they get sixty or more, it's it's that's just going to be a tough game to pull out against us. So when KD and Clay go easy with the thirty two and the thirty one, it's uh, KD was on a like you said he was he was just going on a terror, so absolute terror. But Nurk had twenty two and eight, but I just don't know how much he. I didn't I didn't pay too close of attention when reviewing a lot of those defensive possessions uh, for him uh, with that Golden State game, but. I don't know how much he's doing for us against kind of their speedier forwards, but you know he did like I said did well offensively had eight rebounds. Dame had twenty three eight and two, so that's that's good. That's a pretty solid stat line. Could have had a, a couple more points out of him, but other than that, we don't we didn't really have a third guy emerge. You know I think the next closest guy was you know it was really just 
Oh, you know, I'm sorry. A fourth guy is, is that was my uh, misspeaking right there. But you know, because we had Nurk with the 22, CJ with the 19, Dame with the yeah. 23, and Aminu with 12. But you know, they had Quinn Cook with 19. So they, I think that they just kind of had a more collective win. I think they were coming off a four-game losing streak as well. So yeah, yeah, that was honestly to be expected a little bit. Yeah, when it's two teams coming off losing stretches. I'll probably take, like, the greatest team in NBA history over the Blazers. (laughs) I mean, they were missing Steph and Draymond, granted, but they still got Kevin Durant and one of the best shooters in NBA history and Klay Thompson. So it's a tough game to win. It's it's doable, uh, but, yeah, it just wasn't in the cards for the Blazers that night. But uh, last night against the Clippers, Nurk got injured in the the game. Collins fouled out. At the end of the game, it was Myers Leonard playing great. He was playing some decent defense. There was one play where uh, it was an inbound pass toward the end of the game, and he kind of looked lost out there. He kind of tripped up Dame. Uh, but he ended with 9 points and 16 rebounds, which is pretty crazy for Myers Leonard. Whoa. So impressed by him, but the rest of the team, they just couldn't pull it out. Uh, Dame showed a little bit of Dame time. He had a four-point play and then came right back and hit another three-pointer. But then he shot another three-pointer and airballed it. So it just, they couldn't pull away from the Clips. Tobias Harris had a huge game with 34 points. It's, it was just tough to see. The Clippers are now first in the Western Conference. The Blazers were just like, I don't know, five days ago than the Grizzlies were. Uh, but man, it's just tough to see the loss against the Clippers at home. Right. Well, you know, if, if they if they keep succeeding, then, you know, I don't know how much point there is in having those Tobias Harris hypothetical trade discussions because he might oh, yeah. he might garner some more of a following being at that the market that he is in Los Angeles. And uh, if he's going to be riding uh, in, in those top couple seeds, he might say, you know, I, I kind of like this. I kind of like being the second... Uh, king of king of LA or whatever he'll never he'll never uh garner more attention than LeBron but you know yeah but they they've already been talking about the Clippers as the top free agent destination and if the Clippers are first in the Western Conference oh, right man. now I mean I, I don't okay I predict they're not even going to make the playoffs but we'll see but just to see them this good with the players they have and they still have all that cap space next summer and they're going to get, you know, maybe Kawhi Leonard, you know, Jimmy Butler's probably going to re-sign with the 76ers. But right. they can get a marquee free agent. And Clay Thompson has a good, Clay Thompson or Kevin Durant, they think one of them's going to the Lakers. So L.A., both teams could be dominant for a while. Let's uh, see yeah, how this goes. Let's, but the Blazers... Let's, let's, try to, let's try to avoid picturing that image for... For too long, but oh, yeah. I do. I do have to. Man. I do have to chime in, though. You you had said that Myers was in and made a solid contribution on defense. You know, he did have 16 rebounds, so that's that's some manable uh, statistics right there off on the boards. And he had, yeah. he had nine points, which is pretty good. But I do have to say, I read an article um, by Ryan uh, Buchanan, I believe, on on Blazers Edge today, and he had noted that myers uh went on the floor the blazers were outscored 38 to 6 so you know that could be that could be for a number of reasons but like i said he i read that today and then i didn't really see too much uh defensive possessions in in the or at least pay attention to him in games past when he was on the floor individually um so i'm going to be doing that here in the coming games but you know that's a kind of a glaring statistic that i definitely um noticed but 
you know, also I wanted to say yeah. as as we dive into these free agent hypotheticals and whatnot and just talking about Tobias and, you know, destinations and, and whatnot, I think the Blazers fan in me today looked at the statistics and I said, oh, Montrez Harrell had 14 points and 10 rebounds. And I said, man, that guy is getting a lot of attention and I'm sure his contract is a fraction of Tobias Harris. Tobias, uh, yes, I pronounced that right. Um, so I was like, man, I wonder if it, instead of chasing someone like Tobias, we could get a better deal with, with Montrez. And I, I stopped myself and I said, no, that's <laughs> that's the difference. We are, the Blazers are so used to just wanting to like make, like we, 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 don't, we haven't lived in the top couple seeds for a while now. You know, we're, all, we're making the playoffs, making the playoffs the last, you know, six, whatever, some odd years. Um, but we we have we, we have to be ready to ask for more, and I think that kind of player is the Tobias Harris player. But you know, like we said, if 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 they keep succeeding, which I'm on I'm on the same boat as you that they might not even be a playoff seed uh, team by the time uh, May comes around. Who knows? They could very well. the The West is the West is locked right now. It's 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 so tight. Between every team, what what was it that you had said that someone was four and a half games back? That the Jazz were were fourteenth yes. seed. What was it? Yes, fourteen seed Jazz are four and a half games back from the one seed Clippers right now. So ranked number one, thirteen and six of the Clippers. Ranked fourteen are the nine and eleven Jazz, the team that people have predicted could be a one or two seed in the Western Conference. I, I don't think they'll be quite that high, but I definitely think they're a playoff team. And they're talking about hypotheticals of trading for Bradley Beal. So the West is ridiculous right now. Somehow the Clippers and Grizzlies are both in the top four. The Mavericks are at nine and the Kings are at 11. They're both above the Timberwolves and Spurs and Jazz. It's just, it's crazy right now. Anything could happen. A month from now, it could be completely different. And I love it because I am tired of just knowing the Warriors are going to be the one seed and everything else is going to fall in line after that. I want to see chaos. I want to see mayhem. I'm tired of this. Right, right. Man. Well, yeah, so, um, you know, we're eclipsing our 30-minute mark here and, you know, we want to keep our promise to our viewers and try to keep it a little tight here. But some of our closing thoughts, you know, we're... We're twelve and eight, so it's we've definitely had rougher starts. So we're, we're it's definitely not doom and gloom quite yet. But you know, with us slipping these recent games, we want to be we want to see a, hopefully a turnaround here soon. But you know, regardless, you know, CBS Sports once again in that same uh, Buchanan article I saw on the uh, Blazers Edge today, we had uh, he had noted that CBS Sports had us at uh, six in the power rankings, which is the most generous, and then ESPN had us at ninth. Sports Illustrated had us at ninth as well. Um, you know, Nurk's injury—that's yeah. going to be something we're going to watch in these coming games as well. As you know, how healthy is Nurk, and you know, how is he going to be performing here soon? And then Zach's foul propensity for sure—we're going to be watching out for in these in these next couple of games. Is there uh, anything that anything that you were going to be peeping here in, in specific here in these next couple of games, Christian? Yeah. So just as far as the why the Blazers have started looking worse than at the start of the season. I said in the last episode, I said it's possible we could lose six of the next seven and possibly seven of the next nine. Now, I was including that Celtics game, which luckily we won, but since then, we lost five out of seven, and after this next game against the Magic, which we hopefully will win, we're playing against the Nuggets, who are another top team in the West. So it's not going to be easy. I think a big reason why we had such a great 
um, such a great ranking, you know, a couple weeks ago, is because we were playing easier teams. We were playing teams with brand new players and LeBron on the Lakers, yep. DeMar DeRozan on the Spurs. I, a lot I of our wins that. came against teams with either brand new players or star players out. They had Jimmy Butler out. We had James Harden out. We had Anthony Davis out. The NBA is an animal this year, and it's going to be tough for us to stay afloat. I think the Blazers could drop a couple more seeds. I originally projected them as an eight seed, but I really could see them playing well, getting into good stretches this season, and making their way back up. I think it's possible we make it to the Western Conference Finals, but I also think it's possible for the Clippers to make the Western Conference Finals. <laughs> so it's just it's just crazy. It's, it's impossible to predict right now, but... This Blazer season is very exciting and I think, so far. I'm just hoping we get some more wins. And I think I, I think I had them at a fourth. What are we, what are we at right now? Now after all these games that have, we're at the sixth seed. Okay, well, but we still got the Jazz who are trending it upward. We got the Lakers who are trending upward. We got the Pelicans trending upward. Those are all below us. It's just wild. Yeah. Right now. All right, man. Well, um, you know, giving another uh, little snippet that we want to discuss here we have a new logo that we're going to be debuting on all of our social media platforms so you guys should definitely keep an eye out for that it was really cool work we wanted to do kind of a tribute to the plaid of uh, coach ramsey and then also just a little bit of to the pinwheel and also just list christian and i's names on there and, and 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 obviously the show so let us know what you guys think and it was done courtesy of my good friend down here in tempe arizona uh josiah uh, um, and his josiah gonzalez is his name and his uh, personal instagram is going to be underscore g-o-n-z-o-j-o underscore so gonzo joe and then also he has a photography cool little account it's going to be underscore um p-h-o-t-o-j-o underscore so photo joe um so go follow him guys check out his work he's a really great guy hit him up if you ever need something done and we really appreciate you doing that for us josiah yeah and thanks for listening to episode seven here's an outro by ziggy zay check him out on spotify i'm going super sane Achieve a heist that I ain't never seen in life You see I'm elevated, told me that I'd never make it That, that I was done in, then my mind accelerated Yeah, I see I'm underrated, but I never stated or debated I'm the greatest, but the greatest me that I can be I'm trying to put the whole crowd on the edge of their seats But I put a little bounce on the edge of the beast uh, I ain't really about the green, no piccolo Sleep out like a light, no sycamore Stay away from the devil, he a teaser But if you get close, I'ma have to go Vegeta, yeah Normally I'm cooler than a freezer But now I'm on 10, so there's fun to be a breeze, sir I got the dry, so they giving me the keys Taking juice to school just so they can pay the fees Pray and meditate, only way I'm on my knees Used to think I'm sick, now I really got the sneeze Saw God's playing how I'm doing this with ease Yeah, sounds nice, I ain't here to appease I'm sailing the seas, I'm wavy, pessimist daisies No bragging, just refuse to be lazy No lagging, the connection is crazy Yeah, I do this as a hobby, but I spit like they pay me, yeah, yeah, yeah.